Good day and welcome to the Budding Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Bridges. We are working our way through case studies and business briefs to talk a little bit about how we can make them better for our clients, better for ourselves, and add a lot more value without being, what's the word I'm looking for? Boring, right? So today is part three, and I'll be wrapping this up tomorrow as a good guide for doing case studies without necessarily being boring. So today's case study is a real estate company that was involved as a publicly traded company. They they had a lot of different properties, a lot of different locations across the country, and they were beginning to expand into the international market when they got purchased. So they had 22 locations across 10 states with a staff of approximately 700 employees. Now, this is a business brief, not a case study. This is one of the cases where you have to keep anonymity at your forefront. This is an interesting case study. I, I walked into this one having been receiving no information about this company whatsoever. This was the director of infrastructure who walked in, knew me from before, and called on me to come in and help assess the situation right off the bat. Now, I'm going to do a little tripwire here and kind of give you a a hint. This was a 21-month program. This wasn't something that happened overnight. It was a series of different steps that had to happen. But obviously, the first thing you have to do is walk in and find out mm, what is good, what is bad, and, well, what needs some improvement. And so, this company had a really hard time before the director of infrastructure came in getting their act together. Publicly traded companies have to have the highest, well, other than government, they have to have the highest level of security and assurance is a good word that we're looking for, assurance, that their financial system will be able to survive at least 25 years all the way. Their information, their finance, their everything, 25 years is a long time. So this particular company... I, you know, again, I, I walked in not knowing what I was going to, going to face and, oh, it was a mess. But that's what happens when companies quickly move to publicly traded environments, when companies move too fast for what they're facing. Now, this particular company, we moved in phases We started off by reintegrating all of the financial and information systems together because this was a real estate company. Finance and information are synonymous in a kind of company like this. They, They move back and forth. Financial decisions are affected by spreadsheets, which are affected by data, which is affected by investor relations, just a whole series of different things. And at first I was like, this is kind of overwhelming. 
But at the same time, I sat down and I said, well, let's get a handle on this. Let's see what we can do in the shortest amount of time and put the appropriate things in place. Now, the first round was pulling the information back inside, building up the infrastructure to support that, and then preparing for a re-escalation back out to the new systems that were out there in the world. Like we said, there were 22 locations across 10, 10 different states. That's, that's a, lot of, a lot of stuff to be distributed. So after we pulled it all back in, we began integrating a series of Microsoft steps in Active Directory to begin to start putting the pieces in play. And we would distribute the data out to the location so they had something nearby. And I was working with the uh, DOI, Director of Infrastructure, and he was integrating Meraki firewalls, Meraki switches, very expensive stuff, but it always works. And we had some, some fun times. We had to go through some issues in dealing with the fact that Meraki is kind of a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they don't listen. The devices don't listen except for to the home office. So everything is a dumb box. And we had to you know reintegrate some, some thinking along the way. This was a bit of a surprise. I was kind of shocked at, at how difficult at first it was. But once you understand what you're up against, it's like, oh, okay, well, then we'll just do this. And it's like, okay, yeah, do that. All right, good. It's not complicated. So this was something that wasn't, you know, again, it was a growth period. We then talked with the DOI. And my team decided that we were going to bring in a third-party cloud provider so that my team didn't have to provide all the support and everything else. They had all the integration. They had all of the pieces. And we were going to bring it in, slowly move the data out to the data center, and then all of the locations would access that information through a virtual desktop. And it didn't make any difference where they were. This was something that was shocking for a lot of the people. They were like, what do you mean it, it, I, I have all the information I need? Yeah, it's all right there. Where before it had been out in the cloud kind of ether concept, now it was pulled into the data center. This client began thinking about this. And part of their integration point was human resources. Now, a lot of people worked from home. A lot of people come into the office. And we put this all together so that people could use their computer inside the business. They could use a, a VDI, a virtual data instance, out in the cloud. And then the data was available in the cloud as well as inside the company. 
This was expanded out to human resources who actually moved a lot of that offshore. And without going into a lot of complicated things, essentially the idea was that these people that are not even in the United States would have a very controlled data structure that human resources would manage. And then they could do all the hiring for all the other locations. HR would take care of their own corporate office. And then this agency outside the United States would handle all the hiring for all of the locations. This was an amazing thought for them because they realized, oh my goodness, we, we don't have to go crazy over trying to hire 50, 60, 70, 80 people a month. We could outsource that. So the client got a lot of advantages in the process here. I'm, I'm going to read from the case study a little bit. So we wanted to try where we could to not only improve the way data was accessed, but also cut the costs of how it was being accessed. And so from a technical service improvement, we, because of the data center, we were able to increase internet uptime to 99.875%. That's pretty darn good for a relatively small company. I mean, 700 people is not tiny, but it's definitely small from an enterprise point of view. And yet the numbers we had were enterprise level. And because we were integrating both cloud and internal, we were able to increase system uptime to 98.3%. Now, if you've ever done Windows updates, you know that's a high number. Just doing Windows updates every single night, you know, it will knock down your your system uptime all the way across the board. And so not only did we include the technical service improvements, the audit team found no significant defects during the IT system validation. That's massive. We were able to do something we were never able to do before. Audit teams could suddenly start measuring things correctly. And not only that, we, we had... Within the IT department itself, we had training improvements where the Tier 1 staff was able to do Tier 3 support because we were integrating Microsoft Active Directory with account creation, login scripts, group management, logging reports. All of this stuff was put together and automated. And so just a simple tech on the Tier 1 could simply click a link and next thing you know, Everything was done. That was pretty massive. And, you know, freed up your higher level IT staff to be able to focus on mission critical systems. You know, the, the kind of things that you want your high level team to work on. So this was overall, like I said, it was a 21 month process. It was personally very, very fulfilling. And I got a chance to watch this company really grow and and facilitate a lot of ways that they could 
get better, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Results. They could get better results for the people that they were tasked with providing, you know, new houses and new housing. And people that couldn't normally afford a house could now suddenly have something that was good for them. And this was distributed across a whole country. This is something that a case study cannot provide you. This kind of insight of what a company was thinking and doing and how it was growing. This is how a case study or a business brief should generally be focused. But I'm not going to go in and say this is the only way to do it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come back tomorrow. And I'm really going to sit down and kind of give you a general idea of how you can talk about your case studies so that they're not so boring, number one. Number two, that they are not so bleh, right? Not just boring, but bleh. The whole idea here is that we want to create case studies and business briefs with a discussion over the front of it that we can send people to. We can say, here, go do this. Handle it this way, and this is better than anything you can read. You can make it look really good, right? But you want to go through and talk about the case study first. Get the buy-in that there was something good on the other end of it besides numbers, right? You, you then can take it and put it into a factor that you discuss now the money aspect. You discuss the impact. You discuss the, the process without going deep dive. And then when you have the case study at the end, it's like, let's wrap it all up and make it, you know, put a bow on it. Here's what we were trying to do. Here's what we did. Here's what our proposed solution was. And here were our results. Meanwhile, during the week, we're going through our 30-day process. I did get some information from my Keystone client who, sorry about that, um, who is, she's going to meet with me on Thursday. We're still waiting for some pieces of the information to actually come in. It's just the way that it is. So I'll give you some more information tomorrow. As soon as I know it, I should be talking with her in the morning before I do my podcast. In the meantime, take care. Have a great week. Good luck with everything, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye now.